It began over 5,000 years ago when civilization was young. Every major culture, Egypt, Greece, Rome, India, Japan, studied it, practiced it, perfected it to a fine art. They admired its Olympian demands, strength, speed, agility, skill, grace, and courage. They did it to honor their gods, they did it to honor their kings, they did it to train their soldiers, they did it to compete, and they did it for fun. It has come down through the ages to us today. It is Coliseum Corner, the wrestling podcast where each and every Coliseum home video is reviewed. From the personalities and specialties to the best of the WWF and even the Collector Series. If you're looking for reviews of WrestleMania, Survivor Series, Royal Rumbles, and SummerSlams, then look somewhere else because this is a trip down memory lane of your favorite videos. We review the good, the bad, and even sometimes the awful. Join Bill as he takes us down a memory lane adventure the likes of which no podcast has ever gone before. So sit back, relax, and listen to this fantastic podcast that we call Coliseum Corner. And here is Bill to start the show right now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Coliseum Corner. I am your host, Bill Yankovi, and this is the podcast where I watch and review each and every Coliseum home video ever released by the World Wrestling Federation from 1985 to 1997. Today is another chapter in the Personalities series of Coliseum Home Video, as I will be reviewing Wrestling's Country Boys. Now this is, if you really think about it, the first in the Personalities series where multiple people are profiled on a videotape. Uh, obviously, later down the line, we will have tag teams that get profiled, and we'll even have a wrestler-manager combo further down the line that get their own video. But, for this one, this is all about wrestling's country boys. So, with that said, let's get right to the videotape. The videotape is hosted by Mean Gene Okerlund. This is only his second appearance hosting a Coliseum video. I know, that's very surprising. But anyway, he is here to host Wrestling's Country Boys. Because, you know, when you have people from towns such as Mudlick and Pigeons Forge, you know, you're going to have very interesting people. And believe me, they are. Because we are going to be looking at Hillbilly Jim, Uncle Elmer, and Cousin Junior. Now, we start off with Hillbilly Jim. The story of Hillbilly Jim is he was a wrestling fan. He would appear at the TV shows and, well, one day his favorite wrestler, Hulk Hogan, was getting beat up by... Big John Studd, Kim Patera, and Bobby Heenan, and they were going to give him the same treatment that they gave Andre the Giant, a haircut. But Hillbilly Jim went over the guardrail to attack them and save Hulk Hogan. You'd think that would be on the videotape, but unfortunately it is not. 
What we do get, however, is Hulk Hogan training Hillbilly Jim to become a professional wrestler because that is what Hillbilly Jim wants to do is be a professional wrestler. So, how do we start the workout? Well, Hillbilly Jim gets up early in the morning and he's actually accustomed to it because, you know, he's a country boy and country boys get up pretty early in the morning. So, Hulk Hogan makes him a drink. I, I guess it's a one of those drinks with the egg yolks. Hillbilly takes a taste of it and he does not like the taste of it at all. He doesn't even like the smell of it. So after they finish that, they go to the gym, and that's where we get our first workout montage. So during this montage, Hulk Hogan does a bench press with weights. Hillbilly Jim goes to do them, but Hulk Hogan takes his hat off. Hillbilly Jim struggles to do the weight lift. Hulk Hogan then shows Hillbilly Jim how to do squats with weights. Hillbilly Jim forgets to take his hat off. Hulk Hogan takes his hat off there. Then Hulk Hogan shows how to pull the weights with his arms. And Hillbilly Jim, you guessed it, still has his hat on and Hulk Hogan has to take it off. So after that... We see Hulk Hogan and Hillbilly Jim getting in the ring. And Hillbilly Jim is like, I want to wrestle, Hulk. I want to wrestle. And he's like, don't bother me with that right now. And then Hulk Hogan takes Hillbilly Jim's hat off for the fourth time. So if you're keeping track, within a matter of minutes in this montage, Hulk Hogan has taken Hillbilly Jim's hat off four times. No wonder Hulk Hogan wore a rag. But anyway, Hogan teaches Hillbilly Jim to do different exercises. He teaches him how to do squats. Eh, Hillbilly Jim's squats aren't necessarily the best. Then Hulk Hogan teaches Hillbilly Jim to run the ropes. Eh, Hillbilly Jim doesn't necessarily run the ropes really good. Then Hillbilly Jim and Hulk Hogan do a hand exercise where they push on each other and then at the end Hogan moves out of the way and Hillbilly stumbles. Now Hulk Hogan even though he was being a bit of a jerk after yelling at Hillbilly Jim about wrestling, said, I'm going to stick with you. I'm going to stick with you, brother. I'm going to take you all the way. We're going we're gonna to make this work. So we get a second workout montage where Hillbilly Jim does the bench press, but he forgets to take his hat off. Then he goes, and he does a little bit better with the, with the weight lift. Then he does the squat lift forgets to take his hat off. And then he does the pulling weights. He forgets to take his hat off. We're now at seven. We're at seven times already. Hillbilly Jim has had his hat taken off by Hulk Hogan. So here in this bit, uh, Hillbilly Jim is going to learn a wrestling move. And he's going to have Hulk Hogan teach him. And he's going to have... AJ help work with him. Now, I believe the AJ that is being used in this is jobber AJ Pertuzzi, who used to work in the mid or the early to mid 80s in the WWF. So, we would see them do, you know, different move or try a move, and then we get to a very interesting point. Hulk Hogan asks Hillbilly Jim. How would you win? 
in a wrestling match. And Hillbilly Jim says, simple, I, I gave him a bear hug. And Hogan is like, look, just because you beat him, just because you beat a bear in a circus with a bear hug doesn't mean go work in the wrestling ring, brother. Oh, you mean like this? And Eddie gives a bear hug on to Hillbilly Jim or on to AJ, and it really hurts. So then Hogan, in his infinite wisdom, decides, you know, Jim, you have more determination than I think I've ever seen anybody in the ring. If you give me a few weeks, I'll get you a match. And we get Hillbilly Jim's debut in the World Wrestling Federation, where he faces off with the president of the Terry Gibbs School of Self-Defense, Terry Gibbs. So, in this, we, this match is already in progress when we join the match. Hillbilly Jim, he's got a little bit of an advantage. Gibbs, you know, tries to get on him. And we get to the end of the match. Hillbilly Jim's starting to get on a roll. Gibbs gets a cheap shot in. Gibbs runs to the ropes. Hillbilly Jim puts him in a bear hug. And Terry Gibbs submits to the bear hug. And Hillbilly Jim wins his debut match in the World Wrestling Federation to his amazement. And then we go to our third workout montage. Yes, we have already had three workout montages and we're not even 20 minutes into this videotape so hillbilly jim much better at lifting the weights has his hat taken off by hogan again does much better doing the squats again hogan taking off the hat and hillbilly jim does better pulling the weights and wait a minute what's this Hogan's putting the hat on Hillbilly Jim. Oh my God. He put the hat on Hillbilly Jim. So, if you counted, in total, nine times, nine times in the three workout montages did Hulk Hogan take Hillbilly Jim's hat off. Now, Hogan is very impressed with how Hillbilly Jim is running the ropes. He's going to teach him about how to get out of a hammerlock. So we have AJ still with us. God bless him. AJ works with Hogan, shows the different ways of how to get out of a hammerlock. So now AJ does the hammerlock on Hillbilly Jim. And Hillbilly Jim is trying to do everything that Hogan has taught him of how to get out of a hammerlock. You, you, you try to go for the leg. You try to go for the head. Maybe you try to go around him. But Hillbilly Jim has his own unique way of getting out of a hammerlock, which is powering with his arm out and breaking the hold. Well, that's actually an original move. I gotta give Hillbilly Jim credit on that. So then Hogan goes out and he has a special present for Hillbilly Jim. And he says to Jim that he has come so far and he's so dedicated that he is giving him his boots. The boots that he wore to train for six months prior to winning the world's championship in 1984. To which Hillbilly Jim gives Hulk a big bear hug. And Hillbilly Jim is just very happy. So now we go to Hillbilly Jim making his Madison Square Garden debut February 18, 1985 
against the number one Frenchman, René Goulet, who at this time is sporting the Michael Jackson glove. So Hillbilly Jim makes his way down to the ring. He's, you know, impressed with the lights and the people there. And as we take a look, why look, it's famous artist Andy Warhol. He is at this show. And then Hillbilly Jim, he's getting checked out. And why, it's famous comedian Joe Piscopo. And sitting next to him is famous actor Danny DeVito. Wow, the celebrities are out and about. Now, the date may be familiar, February 18, 1985, because this is the night that we had the war to settle the score between Rowdy Rowdy Piper and Hulk Hogan. Of course, that event was the lead-up to WrestleMania 1. But let's talk about this match. Hillbilly Jim and Rene Goulet. Uh, a lot of stalling all early on in the match. Hillbilly Jim trying to get some offense on Rene Goulet. Goulet really won't let Hillbilly Jim get his opportunity. But eventually, Hillbilly Jim does manage to get him. And he puts him in a side headlock. So, the first time... He has him in the side headlock. He, or Goulet, manages to get outside, but Hillbilly Jim, with his strength, brings Goulet back into the ring, still holding the side headlock. So then, Goulet goes out a second time, and Hillbilly has him over the top rope on a second time. And the referee counts, and Hillbilly Jim lets go, and Goulet drops face first onto the mat. Goulet would manage to get a small advantage, and I do mean small. It really wasn't that much. But Hillbilly Jim comes back, sends Goulet into the corner. Goulet goes onto the apron, runs to the other corner, jumps to the top rope, tries to attack Hillbilly Jim, and gets caught in a bear hug to which Goulet submits. Hillbilly Jim wins the match. Now, after the match, and in this part, I wasn't really sure why this was on the on, on this particular tape, but I'm going to mention it anyway. Goulet is having an argument with somebody in the fan, or in the crowd. So he steps down from the steps, and he goes towards the guardrail. And, well, this fan steps up, and he goes over the guardrail. It's Mr. T! Mr. T is there at this show. Huh. I wonder what Mr. T's going to do. Have to wait and see. Now, unfortunately for Hillbilly Jim, while he was having success in his early beginning, he would suffer a very serious leg injury in a match against Brutus Beefcake to where Hillbilly Jim would not wrestle. However, he would be used in a managerial position, and this is where we expand the Hillbilly family. So, we go to the body shop with Jesse Ventura, and his guest is Hillbilly Jim. So, we get an update from Hillbilly Jim. He's in a cast at this point in time, and Hillbilly Jim says he has somebody that he wants Jesse to meet. Okay? And he tells us that he is from Philadelphia, Mississippi, which is a real place. I actually know that for a fact. That is a real place. Philadelphia, Mississippi. And it is Uncle Elmer. So we have Uncle Elmer come, and he is a big guy. 
a big guy. And he stands over and Jesse's like, you're Uncle Elmer. All right, neighbor, I'm Uncle Elmer. And then you hear this one fan go, Hi, Uncle Elmer! <laughs> You're, I love that part. The one fan's like, Hi, Uncle Elmer! <laughs> so anyway, um, Jesse's like, You like to eat. I eat a lot. And Jesse's like, Do you wrestle? I scuffle. You know what scuffling is, boy? That what you call wrestling. So they laugh. Now we go to Piper's Pit, where Hillbilly Jim is the guest. And Piper is making fun of Hillbilly Jim a little bit. And then Hillbilly Jim starts to feel threatened, but Jim's like, I want you to meet somebody. Wait a minute, you don't, you, you're going to bring somebody on my show? I don't think so. So Piper, Piper and Orton are going over, and Jim's starting to feel threatened here, and then he starts yelling for Uncle Elmer. Uncle Elmer comes out, and uh, he'll, or, uh, Piper's like, Well, any friend of yours is a friend of mine. To which Uncle Elmer's like, Get your hands off me. So, now we're going to get a series of matches for Uncle Elmer. Now I want to point out, in this match, <laughs> Uncle Elmer's coming to the ring. There are these two security guards in the front. They are as big as Uncle Elmer is. I mean, not height-wise, but weight-wise. They are as big as Uncle Elmer. Now, if you watch this very carefully, you will see a very young and sleeveless Tony Chimmel. That's right. Tony Chimmel was working for the WWF back in 1985. So, Uncle Elmer in this match is facing Tiger Chung Lee. And as Uncle Elmer is greeting the fans, Tiger Chung Lee takes a shot at Uncle Elmer's head with the Singapore cane. <laughs> Uncle Elmer's wearing his hat, and Tiger Chung Lee, for just no reason, just decides to hit Uncle Elmer on the head with the with the with the Singapore cane. So Uncle Elmer comes in the ring. He's struggling to get in the ring. Tiger Chung Lee attacks him. So Tiger Chung Lee has a bit of an advantage early on, but Uncle Elmer manages to make a comeback. And then we see perhaps the worst looking leg drop of all time. Let me explain. See, when somebody hits a leg drop, like a Hulk Hogan, when they go for the move, they do the jump, and it's like a 45-degree angle when they make the leg drop. Uncle Elmer is like a 2-degree angle. He tries to jump, hits the leg drop, but just falls bass-ackwards <laughs> onto the ring mat, and does get a pin. Uncle Elmer gets the win over Tiger Chung Lee. I guess that's what Tiger Chung Lee gets for hitting Uncle Elmer over the head with a Singapore cane. Then Uncle Elmer has a really big match, pardon the pun, as he faces Big John Studd in Madison Square Garden with Bobby the Brain Heenan in his corner. 
And again, Uncle Elmer has trouble getting in the ring as Big John Studd takes the early advantage in the match. And it's often that Big John Studd has an advantage on Uncle Elmer. But Big John Studd makes a, a crucial mistake in the match. John Studd has Uncle Elmer in the corner, tries to Irish whip him. Elmer reverses it, sends Studd into the corner, and Uncle Elmer hits a big splash onto John Studd. So now Uncle Elmer is in control. He feels that he's going to do it. He's going to body slam Big John Studd. He's going to collect the money. So he goes for it. He picks him up. And all of a sudden, Bobby Heenan attacks Uncle Elmer from behind, causing a disqualification. Hillbilly Jim comes in the ring to save his uncle. And then, Hillbilly Jim gets caught. He's trapped. Stud and Heenan have him cornered. But never fear, Uncle Elmer is here as he comes in to save Hillbilly Jim. And they clear Stud and Heenan out of the ring. And Uncle Elmer is declared the winner by disqualification. And they do a little ditty in the middle of the ring. Then we go to the TNT show where Uncle Elmer and Hillbilly Jim invite Vince McMahon and Lord Alfred Hayes to a barbecue. But before they eat, Hillbilly Jim and Uncle Elmer <clears throat> do a musical number. Now, to be fair, Hillbilly Jim's voice, musical voice, I think gets a little bit better over time. Whereas Uncle Elmer... <sighs> Not the greatest singer in the world. I, I, I don't think the country singers of the 1980s had to worry about Uncle Elmer threatening them. Although, if you really want to hear an Uncle Elmer singing performance, go to the Saturday Night's Main Event episode where he sings to his wife at the wedding reception. Talk about the wedding a little later on. So now, Hillbilly Jim, Uncle Elmer, Vince, and his lordship are at the are at the eating table and we see some food we see some cornbread we got some cups we got some plates lord alfred hayes tries to get some cornbread before the meal but uncle elmer slaps his hand and alfred hayes is like well that's just rude and elmer's like no that that's not rude that that's not rude at all i just turn make sure you're being polite before we eat we don't eat until we pray so they all put their heads down, take their hats off, and Hillbilly Jim gives the legendary sermon. Good food, good meat, thank you Lord, because we gonna eat. Amen. So, now we have the meal. And Uncle Elmer and Hillbilly Jim are talking about what they really have. We got, we got some drinks, you know, and then we got the main course. We have barbecue possum. Mm -mm. barbecue possum and <laughs> lord alfred this bit i actually like this was kind of funny because he's like can i have some tomato and they're like T tomato no you no you can't have it tomorrow you gotta have it now you gotta have it today <laughs> and because lord alfred really wants a tomato but he's saying tomato and hillbilly and uncle elmer are just very confused it's real funny so Hillbilly Jim makes uh, Lord Alfred a, a, a barbecue possum sandwich. You know, I think that 
barbecue possum may have been lying on the road. Um, you know, put some onion on, you know, get, get some biscuit and, you know, tomato on there. Vince gets a sandwich, too. And you can't forget the drink of choice, buttermilk. So, Lord Alfred Hayes takes a drink of the buttermilk, and he doesn't really like it. It's pretty sour, as a matter of fact. And Uncle Elmer's like, look, I'm going to teach you the right way to ha to, to drink down your buttermilk. So you're going to take your cornbread, you're going to gonna take the cornbread, you're going to mash it up, you're going to put it in the milk, then you stir the cornbread in the milk, and then you take a drink. So then... Lord Alfred Hayes is asked to eat the barbecue possum sandwich. Well, he tries to eat the top of the roll, but they won't let him do it. So, they make him eat the sandwich, and Lord Alfred Hayes doesn't really like it. Alright, now we go to the third and final member of the family. Cousin Junior. Cousin Junior is going to get three matches out of this tape. Now, to, now to, be, to be fair, thinking about this now. If Hillbilly Jim had not been injured, I think we would have had more Hillbilly Jim matches on this tape. I really do. Uh, I don't know why we didn't get another Uncle Elmer match. Like, an individual Uncle Elmer match. But here, we are getting three Cousin Junior matches. No disrespect to Cousin Junior or the family of Cousin Junior. So Cousin Junior faces Ron Shaw in this first match. During this match is when we find out that Uncle Elmer is going to get married. To which Jesse replies, Who on God's green earth would marry him? And Jesse or Vince is like, Well, I mean, you know, uh, Uncle Elmer's an attractive guy. And Jesse asks, is he marrying a sow? And Vince is like, a sow? Yeah, a sow. A sow? A sow. A sow? A sow. Yeah, a female pig. So, basically, that's, again, get to the wedding later. Uh, Cousin Junior gets the win with a really nice mule kick. It was actually a premeditated mule kick that knocks Ron Shaw out. Cousin Junior gets the win. Now we go to the Capitol Center where Cousin Junior faces Adrian Adonis in this match. And the referee happens to be a very young Harpo Marx. Well, okay, he, not really Harpo, but, you know, the way his curly blonde hair is, he could be Harpo Marx. And I gotta be honest, this isn't a terrible match. This is actually a decent match cousin junior takes early advantage frustrates adrian adonis uh throughout the match because adonis is the veteran wrestler in, in in this contest and the fans are really making him mad calling him a fat pig but adonis does manage to get control and he really starts to beat down on cousin junior but then adonis ties cousin junior into the ropes and he starts choking at him. And the referee is counting. And Gorilla is pointing out he, he only has till five to break the hold. Well, referee Harpo here is counting to ten and then calls for the bell as Cousin Junior gets the win by disqualification. Hillbilly Jim comes in to save Cousin Junior after the bell has rung. Now... 
Cousin Jr. has another match. This time it is against Moondog Spot. Oh boy. This match is... Uh... <laughs> uh this, I, I don't think Dave Meltzer would have given this five stars. This is a very bizarre, odd match. Um, there's really not much to say about this match. At one point, Moondog is egging the crowd on to chant boring. Cousin Junior gets an advantage, but then Moondog Spot comes back. And this is actually the only match... On, on the tape where you get the beginning but then like it cuts during the middle and then you get like the last third of the match I guess would be the best way to put it so the end of the match Moondog Spot is you know arguing with Hillbilly Jim and he and Jim are having this argument and then the camera takes a shot at the crowd apparently cousin junior hit a mule kick that knocks out moondog spot we don't see that junior gets on top of him one two three cousin junior gets the win over moondog spot even though apparently he used a mule kick on moondog spot but we'll never know because we don't have the video footage of that now we have Uncle Elmer and Cousin Junior in tag team action against the team of Barry O and Jerry Adams. So during the match, we are told that we're going to find out who was voted the manager of the year by the fans. Now, I talked about this in the last review of the WWF's Amazing Manager, so I can save you guys some time. So, Cousin Junior is working on... Barry O early on tags in Uncle Elmer. Uh, Uncle Elmer has some control on Barry O. Tag back to Cousin Junior. But Barry O manages to sneak in a couple of moves. Makes a tag to Jerry Adams. And that's where the match starts to go downhill for that tag team. As Jerry Adams runs into Uncle Elmer. And Cousin Junior does a big splash. A running big splash. Lance chest first. One, two, three, Uncle Elmer and Cousin Junior get the win in that tag team match. And finally, we are now at the finale of the tape, and it is Uncle Elmer's Wedding. Now, for those of for our younger listeners, this is actually not a wedding that gets talked about, and I'm not really sure why. But this is a big wedding. For a number of reasons. First off, it is the first network televised wedding in over 15 years. This is in 1985. The first televised network wedding since Tiny Tim got married on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Secondly, this is on the second ever Saturday night's main event. Third... This is a legitimate wedding. This is a legitimate wedding. This is not a storyline. This is not a, you know, an arc to a bigger plot. This is a legitimate wedding. So Uncle Elmer is going to marry this young lady named Joyce. And unfortunately, 
we don't get the entire wedding be because well you know it that the videotape can only hold an hour and a half uh if you want to see the wedding i'm pretty sure it's up on youtube and if you can't find it there the wwe network has the entire saturday night's main event collection there you can watch it there but we do go to the end of the wedding uh where roddy piper interferes or gets involved and he objects to the wedding and about romance and wrestling not being together and you know he's like this you stink you stink this whole damn wedding stinks and jesse's like yeah all right finally so the pastor you know calms everyone down and then they just go right to the ending is like i'll buy the power vested in me by the state of new jersey i pronounce you man and wife I thought there was something else there that should have happened, but it didn't. Um, Jesse Ventura has gone on record in saying that this is his favorite thing he ever commentated, the wedding of Uncle Elmer and Joyce. Um, I want to say this is only the second professional wedding or professional wrestling wedding that ever appeared on television. The first one was the, the year before with Paul Butcher Vachon. Uh, from the TNT show. Um, background on this wedding. They actually stayed married. They stayed married all the way until Uncle Elmer passed away in 1992 from uh, diabetes. But this was a, a real wedding. This was a legitimate wedding. And if you ever watch it... Uh, Watch the wedding reception. It's very interesting because Tiny Tim makes an appearance at this wedding. Yes, Tiny Tim makes an appearance at the wedding reception, which is really cool. And then I'm actually going to make a bit of a suggestion to our listeners here. Like I said, uh, this or the episode of Saturday Night's main event with Uncle Elmer's wedding is on the WWE Network. However, there is one bit from the wedding reception that is not on the network that you should check out on YouTube. Uncle Elmer sings a song to his wife, Joyce. Not the greatest performance in the world, but it is pretty sweet. So, we roll the credits, and that is the end of Wrestling's Country Boys. But hold it right there, wrestling fans. Don't touch a button on your VCR until you hear about the next three video releases from Coliseum Home Video. Start off with the best of the WWF Volume 5, where we have the British Bulldogs, the Hart Foundation, Wendy Richter, and from the file of most unusual matches, an eight-man tag team match featuring Rocky Johnson, the Wild Samoans, Chief J. Strongbow, and much more. Next, they devote an entire videotape to one outstanding individual. He's been in the business for over 30 years. He's a madman, a sinner, a saint, a wrestler, a manager. They bring you the life and times of Captain Louis Albano. And finally, 
a special two-hour video cassette dedicated to the Tag Team Champions. A six-year retrospective of WWF Tag Team Champions where every match has the championship on the line. Once again, that's the best of the WWF Volume 5, the life and times of Captain Louis Albano, and the Tag Team Champions. Call your local video retailer and reserve your copies now. If you have any suggestions, write to the producer of Coliseum Video, WWF Home Video Series, 430 West, 54th Street, New York, New York, 10019. Okay, so Wrestling's Country Boys is officially in the books. What did I think of this tape? Well, to be honest, it's not the worst. It's not the best. It's kind of in the middle. You have some good point. You know, you have some good spots in this videotape. The beginning of Hillbilly Jim's WWF career, the workout session, even though Hulk Hogan was a jerk, taking his hat off nine times. And. It's very cool to see how Uncle Elmer is brought in. Very interesting. Very well done. Um, the match with John Studd is, even though it's a short match, it's kind of entertaining for what happens. Uh, the barbecue skit is really good. Uh, the Cousin Junior part, I'll be honest, for a while I really wasn't digging those three matches. I mean, I'm not saying they're great matches, but at, at times it was like, why did we need Cousin Junior? But another point is also like, well, Hillbilly Jim's still recovering, so you do need another person, and Cousin Junior fits the mold, I think. And then, of course, we have the wedding. I, I do wish, in a way, you know, looking back on it 35 years later, I, I do wish they did have the actual wedding in its entirety there, but there probably was stuff with them and NBC to where it was like you can have you could put the wedding on the on the tape but you can't put the whole wedding on you can only put so much on there that's honestly my guess as to why we didn't get the whole wedding ceremony but we did get a little bit of it uh all in all I would say if you're going to watch the tape you should only watch it if you're a purist like me who wants to watch all these Coliseum videotapes. Maybe take a trip down memory lane. Or if you're just curious to see why in 1985 we had three country boys from Mudlick, Kentucky, Philadelphia, Mississippi, and Pigeons Forge, Tennessee, which are all actual cities. I always thought Mudlick, Kentucky was fake. But I learned that it is actually a real town. So all in all, it's an okay tape. Not the best, not the worst, but if you're looking for something, you know, just a quick, like, watch or something to put in the background, then this is the one for you. Don't forget to check out the rest of the entire series of Coliseum Corner. We have our own uh, our own channel here uh, you know if you go to the Apple podcast type in Coliseum Corner you can subscribe there so many places you could subscribe um, all the other episodes are put up and 
tell you know if you have friends that liked Coliseum videos back in the day, tell them to check it out. Subscribe here, and they'll get some more Coliseum Corner in the very near future. Next time around, it is the best of the WWF Volume Four, and my goodness, it is an all-star pack videotape. I mean, my God, it is jam-packed. I can't tell you the matches, but I could tell you you got Hogan, Andre, Stud, Bundy, Piper, Orndorf, Santana, Steamboat, just to name a few. It is a really packed videotaped videotape the best of the WWF Volume 4. Thank you guys for tuning in to this edition of Coliseum Corner. I am Billy Ann Covey, and you have been listening to Coliseum Corner. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>